I'm Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. I'm taking the taboos of menopause and perimenopause and bringing light to the dark. No bullshit, no shame. It's time for us to gain a new paradigm in female health, out with the old and in with the new, and I'm bringing fresh perspectives from someone in the arena. I've been practicing women's health for nearly 20 years, and I'm spilling the tea on what it means to live at midlife, knowing that the best is yet to come. I'm sharing my Gen X approach to living through this transition. Sassy, a bit sweary, and always honest. Tactical tips and instantly usable information is my aim. I hope to make you laugh and that you learn something new that helps you embrace the change. Together, we bring power to the Perry. Onward to the podcast. Dr. Fiona Lovely, and this is the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. How are you doing today? So when I was pondering what information would be most helpful to share with the latest episode, I kept coming back to this idea of low energy or chronic fatigue for women. And what I'm seeing in the office is this cluster of symptoms, it comes up over and over again. And I have been sharing the original podcast I did on this subject so often recently. I thought, you know what, I need to re-release this information. Uh, The original podcast was called Are You Anemic? And um, I am going to put the content of that podcast here uh, today, but I thought I'd kind of give a fresh intro. I recorded that in January of 2020, and back when we were all still innocent, remember? (laughs) But it's time to reshare it, because if I'm seeing the trend of these symptoms coming up over and over again, and signs, clinical signs then it's being missed. And what I know to be true after almost 20 years of practice is that if one person is experiencing it, a whole lot are experiencing it. So I hope that the redux of this information is going to uh, be useful for you. So what are the symptoms of iron deficiency anemia? Okay, listen to this list. Fatigue, Irritability, moodiness, insomnia, cold, tired, weak, slow to heal, pale skin, decreased appetite, headaches, lack of energy, hair loss, enlarged tongue, and cracked lips, especially around the corners of the mouth. When I compiled that list, I thought, um, I'm pretty sure that 75% of those things are every single perimenopausal woman out there. So how do you know if you're anemic versus just experiencing the symptoms of the hormone transition? 
Well, it does require somebody looking at certain elements of the blood work. And I do include all that information in the original uh, podcast, so you'll get that here shortly. By the way, there's a lot of info in this podcast, so come prepared to take notes, especially if you think this is you. And the truth is, when I look at this symptom list, I'm like, well, these symptoms are so easy to dismiss as perimenopausal, and we know that medicine has not always been very good recently at acknowledging and assisting with women who are having difficulty in the menopausal transition or perimenopause. So I'm saying to you, if you're experiencing any of these things, insist your GP, your general practitioner, your doctor checks your blood work. And just know there are no quick fixes with iron deficiency anemia. It takes the right testing, the right information, and the right supplements over time. And I promise you, you will start to feel better. You will start to get more energetic. Um, And I just want to say, it actually surprises me. And I shouldn't be surprised after so many years of seeing this kind of thing. It surprises me how many women are walking around with very low iron, very low hemoglobin, and nothing is being done about it. And I don't exactly know why that is. Is it because the only quick fix is blood products and those are hard to come by? They're sort of saved for the traumas. Or is it that it's just being missed altogether? We're just not insisting enough that things need to be checked. But like I said, um, it takes the right supplements, the right information over time you will start to feel better. But please be the squeaky wheel with your doctor. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And of course, the heavy bleeds that come along with the menopause transition don't make this any easier for us. The good news is, is that once we get into uh, the place where we've stopped cycling, we no longer have the problem of iron deficiency over time. But it does take time to repay that debt. So you can still be, you know, several years into menopause and still have um, iron deficiency anemia. There's lots of reasons why a woman can have that. So you must have that checked. I know that there is information out there that says this is the most common nutrient nutrient deficiency on the planet. And yet it's primarily a deficiency for women because we lose blood every month. So uh, again, I think this is where where medicine can do a better job in the care for and of women. Okay, so I will drop that episode here shortly. And as always, please uh, let me know what you think and if I can help you. Now, speaking of which, I've had a lot of requests recently for people who want to work with me. And of course, it's only just me. I have uh, limited space for one-on-one Um, interactions, but I have several different ways you can work with me depending on what your needs are. So I will make sure all of that information is in the show notes today and you can take a look at the ways we can work together and see what works best for you. And speaking of which, get on my email newsletter list, please. This week I'm recording this podcast is the week of Black Friday, Cyber Mondays next week. I will have juicy goodies for the podcast listeners for Cyber Monday in particular. 
some of my online programming, but that's the place where we announce whatever's going on, which uh, episodes I'm showing up in, I'm being interviewed with, other newsy updates, new episode announcements, and all kinds of things related to the Dr. Lovely world. That's where you find it. So you go to my website, drlovely.com, and right on the on the front page, as soon as you as soon as the website opens, there's an opportunity there for you to leave your email address. And I promise you, um, I'm just not that good at sending things out all that often, so <laughs> it won't pepper you with too much stuff. I promise. <laughs> but get on the email newsletter list because there's really exciting things coming this week in particular. So. If you're experiencing low energy, here is the anemia redux episode here just for you. And remember, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. But first, a moment to hear about our podcast sponsor, Athletic Greens. I would like to acknowledge our sponsor, Athletic Greens, which is now called AG1. This is a vitamin, mineral, and probiotic greens drink. It helps me boost my energy and gives me the nutrients I need in case I don't get what I want and need in my diet for the day. It tastes great, and it has mushrooms and digestive enzymes and adaptogens for adrenal health. I take it once a day. It's truly an all-in-one supplement. If you would like to try AG, please visit athleticgreens.com slash Fiona Lovely, and they'll send you a year's supply of liquid vitamin D3 with K2 and five free travel packs, which come in mighty handy for getting your AG on the go. Thanks, Athletic Greens, for sponsoring the Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast. Hello, ladies. Dr. Fiona Lovely here. It's a new year. The year of 2020, uh, the year of us seeing clearly. I think it's uh, it's a year of, of great importance for us as uh, human beings as we evolve. So um, it's been a bit of a bumpy ride so far, but just hang on. I think the transformation is coming. So just to remind you, I have a active Facebook page um, for the times where I'm not able to uh, do the podcast recordings. I do try to do videos and and, um, leave posts for you guys there. It's at Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast when you get into Facebook. So um, I guess another way to say that would be facebook.com slash not at Not Your Mother's Menopause Podcast.com. Gosh, I hope I said that right. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> tech not really my thing. Okay, this is episode 65, if you can believe it. And today I'm talking about anemia, uh, which is an imbalance of the iron systems in the body. And um, turns out there's a lot of factors involved in this, which is why it can be really misdiagnosed or um, I don't want to say misunderstood because it's a very common thing, but quite often we don't know to look for it um, or we don't think it could be possibly us that has it or our doctors are are looking at just a couple of factors in the blood testing instead of um, all of the factors that need to be looked at. Uh, so onward we go. Let's talk about iron deficiency anemia. 
So it turns out that a third of the global population, some 2 billion people, have what's called iron deficiency anemia. Now, this tends to be most commonly women, especially at perimenopause, because we have a high iron demand. Because of our menstruation, we can become heavy bleeders uh, during those um, perimenopausal years, which, of course, is not... Uh, something that has to absolutely happen at perimenopause, but that's a, a very common way, way for and place for it to happen. But also vegetarians and vegans uh, tend to have low iron because non-animal product or plant-based iron is not absorbed as easily. So you have to eat uh, many more um, uh, sources of it and you have to eat more of it. So uh, let's see if I can bring some light to the to these bits of information. Now, I did talk about women in perimenopause. Um, iron deficiency anemia in men is very uncommon. Uh, men tend to have too much iron um, because, of course, they don't have a monthly bleed to get rid of the excess, right? So, um, interestingly enough, the way you treat that is to do to donate blood uh, for men when they have high levels of iron, which is detrimental, just as low uh, levels of iron is. Uh, but also, if men have iron deficiency anemia, you have to wonder why and look for things like celiac Crohn's, Crohn's disease or potentially abuse of alcohol, uh, having booze instead of food. So um, iron in the body produces your red blood cells. It makes hemoglobin, which carries oxygen to the tissues. And it also makes myoglobin, which is um, basically the oxygen stores in the muscles that allow them to do their work. Um, we have need for iron, both in our immune system, um, immune function requires iron, and also the DNA synthesis uh, in our genetic makeup requires iron to be, um, to be completed. So the brain has high oxygen needs as well. And if you are anemic, uh, this depletes the brain of oxygen and something we call hypoxia, which is very common in, in folks that are brain injured. Um, also, you just simply cannot, if you're anemic, you cannot carry enough oxygen to the brain to, to give it the stores it wishes to have, so, or requires. So very, very common. We get iron from animal products, organ meats, and shellfish. That is our uh, traditional diet, dietary sources. But we can have difficulties with absorption of those uh, iron resources, because of some very, very common things. Uh, first is stress, uh, low stomach acid. So if you have uh, chronic dehydration, um, you will be low stomach acid. If you take a proton pump inhibitor, so that is the um, drug class that ends in SEC, um, if you take a look at your uh, prescription medication, and that's often prescribed for people that have acid reflux or heartburn, uh, or uh, there's a few different reasons why, but it's a very, very commonly prescribed medication. And unfortunately, it can be implicated a lot of the time in low iron absorption. 
So uh, you can also have low absorption from an autoimmune disease diagnosis like celiac, like Crohn's, or even a hormonal imbalance can cause you to have a low absorption of the iron that you are taking in. So basically there's three things to look at is what is the causative factor of the anemia? Uh, then we look at the diet and the supplements uh, uh, that are necessary to replenish those iron stores. And then we look at the absorption picture, like how do we get you absorbing more iron? And I'm going to talk about the actual where the rubber meets the road. This is how you get it done stuff here a little bit later on, just giving you some information to go here. So as I said, quite often, because there's multi-factors in or multiple factors in the absorption of iron and how it gets used in the body. Um, there's a number of things that you are to test if you're looking at the blood values properly. And quite often they get missed when they're looked at. So the first thing that will go low is something we call ferritin. And this, when the ferritin goes low, then the iron stores will go low. That's the second thing. The other things you wanna look at on a blood test is transferritin. Uh, total iron binding capacity or TIBC, hemoglobin, transferritin saturation, RDW, unsaturated iron binding capacity, and soluble transferrin receptor. So some of those things are really kind of um, off the radar of many traditional uh, practitioners who are using uh, serum testing for these sorts of things, but uh, hopefully I said it in such a way that you were able to write it down and take it to your doctor in order to have these things tested. So um, your recommended daily allowance for iron changes depending on what stage of life you're in. If you are a woman menstruating, you need 8 to 18 milligrams per day your need for iron goes up significantly when you are pregnant. So you go up to 27 milligrams a day, making another human being requires a lot of iron, it turns out. And then once you are done menstruating, assuming that you have not built up a an anemia when you come to menopause, you'll require eight milligrams after menopause per day. So that's the amount of iron required per day in order to keep your body functioning well. Now, typically those are food sources, but when anemia is present, then you must supplement to restore. Okay, so a good um, indicator that anemia or iron deficiency anemia or an iron imbalance is a problem for you is that you can have symptoms that include fatigue is the most common one by far and you know the thing about fatigue is it's really hard that I mean who who isn't fatigued right so there's so many reasons that you can have that fatigue um, that's just anemia is kind of the the easy, the low hanging fruit when a woman is fatigued in perimenopause. But you know, again, hormonal imbalance goes along with anemia. Okay, fast heart rate, palpitations of the heart, rapid breathing on exertion. So feeling like you just have this breath hunger, like you can't catch your breath, especially when you've uh, done some sort of 
um, exercise. Restless leg syndrome infections, definitely. Um, if you've got multiple infections, then chances are you may have not enough iron um, available in the blood for your body to use it. Uh, poor cognitive function, difficulties with temperature regulation. Of course, you've heard me talk about that one with thyroid. So um, there's some nuances here. So having a complete testing picture is really important. Uh, brittle nails, sores at the corners of the mouth, which are also common with um, B vitamin deficiencies, sore tongue and the ability to taste food. Those are all signs that you may be anemic and you need to have your blood tested. So what are the best food sources for iron? Here we go. There's two different kinds. There's the heme iron, H-E-M-E, -E, which is iron that comes from an animal source. And there's non-heme iron, which is vegetarian. Now, heme iron is far more readily absorbed than non-heme or vegetarian uh, sourced iron. So if you are consuming vegetarian source iron, you need to eat more and many sources. And we have some other tricks that you can use to get more absorption, which I will talk about in a moment here. So the heme iron... Uh, the, the, the most absorbable forms of iron. Number one is clams. Number two is oysters. So shellfish is a really big source of iron, it turns out. Even better than, let's say, organ meats, which you would typically have heard, potentially, that is a really good source of iron. It's true. So like the third on the list is chicken liver, even above beef liver. Isn't that fascinating? So chicken liver pate, why not, right? Make... Um, make livers uh, yummy. Octopus is also a really good source of heme iron. So good sources of non-heme or vegetarian iron would be thyme, parsley, pumpkin and sesame seeds, sun-dried tomatoes, baked potatoes, corella and spirulina. So um, something to think about if you're consuming vegetarian source iron. You may have heard that things like spinach and beet greens and other dark green leafies have uh, are a good source of iron. They do have iron in them, but because they're high in oxalates, that will actually block iron absorption. So eat them for a lot of reasons, but they can just be one source for iron, but you need to get more sources as well. Okay, so here's how you find the cause, do the diet and supplementation, Increase absorption. Number one, get tested properly. Um, I've given you the list of um, items to have tested uh, to get a complete picture of what's happening with the iron in your body. That's ferritin, transferritin, iron, TIBC, hemoglobin, transferritin saturation, unsaturated iron binding capacity, RDW, and soluble transferrin receptor. So if your GP or your MD is resistant to test those, you may want to find yourself a functional medicine practitioner if you feel like you need to have these addressed. Certainly eat a diet rich in heme iron. You can cook in cast iron cookware because the iron from the cookware does translate to the food. And also cast iron is, uh, is um, an excellent way 
to, I mean, it's a great way to cook. It makes really um, that wonderful crust on the outside of whatever you're cooking. Um, so if you haven't heard me talk about the iron fish or you haven't heard about it, because there are so many people on the planet that have iron deficiency anemia, uh, somebody that is genius came up with this um, in the same spirit of using cast iron to cook in. It's a piece of iron in the shape of a fish that you're to drop in your water bottle and it translates iron into the water. Again, it's many and more uh, sources of iron, especially if you're vegetarian or vegan. Uh, you can buy them on Amazon. They're fairly inexpensive. I think about $10 maybe. Um, but there's several different ways that you can use that to get more iron into your diet. It's called an iron fish. Okay, hydrochloric acid betaine supplement. So that is the natural acid that's in your stomach. And it's part of the reason it's there. It's got a lot of different um, um, important functions. But part of the reason it's there is to actually help you break down and absorb things like iron now this is the that hydrochloric acid is the thing that is reduced in somebody that has um, a proton pump inhibitor prescription so uh, if you are taking a ppi ask your prescribing physician if it's okay for you to take an hcl supplement which you can get at any health food store uh, along with your iron supplement so that um, you have better absorption, okay? So if not, HCL supplementation with your iron supplement when you've discovered you're anemic, okay? Not necessary to take an iron supplement every day if you are getting enough in a food source unless you have been shown to be anemic. And here's the thing, it takes time to replenish those iron stores like a year or more. So by the time it shows up as low in the blood, you have really depleted your resources. So it's going to take time. You're in for the long haul. Get a heme iron supplement that uh, you can take. The nice thing about the heme irons is that they don't make you constipated, which is a very common side effect of a non-heme iron supplement. Uh, but all these other tricks will help with that as well, okay? So uh, hydrochloric acid supplementation with your iron supplement, take it away from other supplements and prescription medication because those other things can block iron absorption. So I do this now. I'm repairing my own anemia. I have been for the last year plus. I'm no longer anemic, but still low iron, so I continue to supplement. So I take the iron supplement along with the HCL supplement with a meal because uh, the HCL helps me digest my food. So why not, right? Okay, there are things that prevent the absorption of the iron supplement that you're taking to replenish those stores. And they are uh, something to pay attention to. Don't take these foods when you're taking your iron supplement, okay? So tea and coffee, dairy products, supplemental fiber, calcium supplementation, and zinc supplementation will affect the absorption of your iron. So if you take any of that, take it away from your iron supplement. Okay, and finally, something you can do to increase your iron absorption or foods that increase iron absorption are vitamin C, which you can take 100 to 300 milligrams with the meal that you take your iron supplement at, 
alcohol, believe it or not. So if you tolerate alcohol well, this would be a good time to have a glass of wine with the meal that you have your iron supplement with. And sugar in their natural forms, honey, blackstrap molasses, and fruit will all actually also help with iron absorption. Whew, that's a lot of information. Kind of a big data dump on you today, but I've learned a lot in my own experience with this in the last year. So I thought, why not share it? Because I've also learned that there are a lot of women who have an iron deficiency anemia or iron imbalance that are that's not being addressed. And, um, you know, it's a, a simple enough thing to fix. And uh, you can go down the rabbit hole of a whole lot of other issues, you know, heart and brain and temperature regulation, but maybe it's just iron deficiency anemia. So I hope there's helpful information for you there. As always, please check out the Facebook page. I'm there a lot more frequently than I am with the podcast, just because it's easy for me to do while I'm sitting at my desk at the office. So uh, you can contact me there if you have any questions or comments. I love bringing new information to you. So uh, until next time, Uh, Be well. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.